Um, we're in a series that I'm really hoping is gonna, you're going to find very, very helpful, which is we're calling a reconstruction. And it's intended to answer some of the most common questions that people have about faith, to speak to the most common objections that people have to Christianity. And I want you to just personally, if you already are a follower of Christ, I want you to have your own personal clarity um, about your own faith. And I also want you to feel like you have some equipping to be able to engage with others about your faith. Because I know that that can be really intimidating and you feel like you don't have all of the answers. Um, But if you are new to faith or you're just trying to discover faith, um, I hope this series will help you to understand uh, uh, just kind of like maybe you have some of these objections. Maybe some of these things have come up in your own life and you're like, Yeah, but what about, but what about? I really hope this will help uh, to create a path for you so that you'll understand more about what following Jesus is really all about. So let's let's start, before we get into this morning's objection, let me just get you to think about this for a second. What are some of the rules that are uh, in some of the groups that you belong to. So uh, let's say in the, if you guys go to the gym, I know you can't go to the gym right now, but let's pretend that you can. Okay, at the gym that you belong to, how many of you like signed up for a gym? New Year's, just saying. Okay. <laughs> uh, what, the gym that you belong to, there are certain rules that you have to follow in order to be there, right? Um, be, even beyond masking and different things that come and go with this pandemic. Uh, what are some of the rules? Like, you know, you, uh, you have, there's certain time limits on certain machines, right? You can't just hog a machine for hours at a time. If you are, uh, if you use something, you're supposed to spray it down and give it a wipe, right? And if you don't, it's bad, it's very bad form. Uh, there, are, there are certain, like, you're not supposed to listen to your music out loud, like you're supposed to put headphones in if you're going to listen to music. There's just, like, all these rules, right? Like, there's rules of engagement. How about um, at school? When you go to school, maybe you have to think back to school, but lots of you are probably still in school. So what are the rules when you go to school? There are just certain things you have to conform to, right? Like you're not allowed to talk whenever you want. You have to sit in a certain spot. You have to, you get to eat at a certain time. There are, there's just community rules around, around going to school, right? No matter what kind of school you go to or where you go, uh, there are rules of engagement everywhere you go. Even uh, something like if you're involved in some kind of a volunteer work or some community work or some activist work, like maybe you're really into saving the rainforest. What's the rules of engagement for being a part of a group that wants to save the rainforest? Does anybody do that anymore? Remember that was really popular in the 90s? Is that a thing still? I've, like I haven't heard about that for a while, but it probably still needs to be done. Is that true, right? Nobody talks about it anymore. Is it just me? Anyway. But hopefully somebody's involved in doing that work. That's good work. Um, but <laughs> if, you are, if you want to be involved in a group that saves the rainforest, you have to be a person who believes that the rainforests need to be saved. Like there's just a basic rule of engagement. And if you wanted to be a part of that group, you can't not believe that. Do you understand what I mean? Like there's just certain rules of engagement every single place that we go. And we understand those uh, pretty naturally, every, every place, every community, every group that we belong to. Every group has a belief system of some kind. Uh, And every belief system, of course, is exclusive in some way. So your rainforest saving group is exclusive to people who want to save the rainforest. If you, you're not allowed to be in that group if you want to cut all the rainforest down. You are not allowed to be there. Like, that's just how it works. So even if you, I just made this up, of course. I hope maybe this is a real thing. Even if you joined the Community League for Inclusive Beliefs, you would have to exclusively believe that everyone was correct in their own beliefs in order to belong to that group. Do you understand? Okay, so, so we want to talk about faith kind of through that lens today. With, uh, we're going to 
talk about it in those sort of terms, but we're going to focus, of course, on the Christian faith, because one of the most frequent objections to Christianity can be summed up in one word, and that is exclusivity. Jesus is the only way to God, that, that phrase. That's the, the biggest. So here's how the objection might sound to somebody. Somebody might say, you know, people say there are many ways to find God, and Christianity is only one among many valid options. The other religions of the world have millions of adherents producing much wisdom and character and happiness, so Christians should not claim to have the best faith or to have the only true faith. So that's the objection. You probably have heard it. I know I certainly have many times. Um, how can you, you, you say that there is only one way to God? How can Christians claim that? So why do people think that Christians believe this? Do you know, if, if you're a Christian, do you know why you believe this? Where does that term uh, narrow-minded come from when, it, when people talk about Christians? They often will say, oh, Christians are so narrow-minded. Where does that come from? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look and see what Jesus said about this, and then we're going to work to understand why he said it, okay? So let's turn in our Bibles to John chapter 14. Um, and if you are following, uh, if you're on the YouVersion app, you can go to more and then events, and these scriptures are loaded for you there. If not, I won. There's also Bibles in the seat rack in front of you. And hey, if you don't have a Bible and there's one in the, the seat in front of you, you can just steal it, take it home. That's what it's for. We won't even, we won't, we'll be happy about that, so feel free. So John chapter 14, if you'll notice here, of course, uh, in my Bible, uh, it's red letters, which means Jesus himself is saying this, and he's talking to his disciples in John 14. We're going to read the first seven verses here. It says this. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Well, just, we could just pause there this morning, couldn't we? You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How, how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way. And the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Now let's flip uh, a couple of books back into Matthew. We're going to do Matthew chapter 7. Just a couple of verses here. A little section of teaching. Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 13 and 14. Here is again the words of Jesus. Here's what Jesus says. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So that's something, isn't it? So if, we, if you wonder, if you've ever wondered, why do Christians think that Jesus is the only way to God? This is literally why. Because Jesus said that to us. That's what Jesus himself claimed. So let's start by unpacking what Jesus says, and then I want to speak to the objection to it. So when you work backwards uh, through these verses, in essence, in essence, it's this. You can show that. I know that the, it's, it's cute a little bit wrong, Vaughn, but you can show that slide that I built with all the animations. Let's just watch it. It took me a really long time, you guys. It's been a long time since I've done. Oh, it's good. Okay. <laughs> I, had a, I had a fight. I had a fight with it this morning, so I just wanted to enjoy it for a quick minute. Um, 
when you work backwards through the verses that we read in John, in essence, Jesus is saying this. Because Jesus is the truth, and Jesus is literally, uh, he is the embodiment of truth. He is the word. He is the truth. He himself is the truth. And because Jesus is the life, we know that Jesus is life. He came and brought us away to eternal life. So because he is the truth and the life, he, that's why he can be the way for others to come to know God. He is the way for his disciples or his followers to spend eternity with him in the many rooms of his father's house. So that's, that's kind of, if you work backwards through what Jesus is saying, this is what he's describing to his disciples. And in the life of Jesus, we see what God is like. Like, we see God walking around in human form. And we see the truth. And he's the one that could lead us into God's presence without fear and without shame. Because of what he did on the cross, we're forgiven and we're free and we're blameless. And so we have that eternal life. He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And so, and it wasn't some flippant statement from Jesus that, that like, they were like, oh, that's cool that he said that. No, this was, this was um, taken so seriously by his disciples that the early church was actually called, not the church, not the early church, they were called the way. That was literally what they said, they, because they were known as a, a sect of Judaism. They just thought, these are, these are Jews who, have, who are following a different teacher now, and they called them the way, because they believed so deeply that when Jesus said he was the way to God, that that was, that was what he, he meant, he meant like this, this is literally how you have eternity with God is through faith in Christ. And so they were literally called the way. You can, you can actually see that in Acts 9, 19, and 23. And so the teaching of the Christian faith is that life is not found by following the crowd. Life is not found by making uh, your path in your life as easy as possible. Life, true life, is not found in doing, uh, in, in doing things that make you the happiest possible that you can think of, to just try to pursue your own happiness, to pursue your best life now. Now, that's not the teaching of the Christian faith, but it's in fact a deliberate and costly decision. That the, 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 the gate is small and the, narrow, the road is narrow. And, and there's, those things represent a difficult choice to say, I am going to lay my life down and follow Jesus. And those things represent that costly decision to say, this is what I'm going to do with my life. I know what I'm doing. I see it and I choose it because I see actual life. I see the real truth and I see it in the way which is through Jesus. And so that's what the Bible teaches. That's what Jesus himself said. So if you're ever wondering why we say that or why we think that, that's because those are the words of Jesus himself. And so it's a little tough when you point that out like that, isn't it? It's maybe a little bit hard to swallow. We love in our society to be as inclusive and as, as broad and, as, and as, uh, as free thinking as possible. We want everyone to have as much freedom as possible. So it is a little tough when you put it this way. Why did Jesus say that? Why did Jesus have to make it so difficult? Right? Why couldn't he be like, I am the, the truth, and I am the life, and come to me however you want. You'll, you'll find heaven eventually, but do it however you want. Why didn't it have been so much easier from my point of view? Like, wouldn't universalism, like that being like the idea that, or the belief that everyone will make it to heaven no matter what, 
their life was like, or pluralism, that all roads eventually lead to God, wouldn't that be more in keeping with that, that idea that we preach about God is love? You know, the one that we say that we believe in, that, that God is so loving and powerful and kind, he sees us. So why is Jesus being so specific and making things so exclusive, seemingly? So I want to just acknowledge the problem with exclusivity for sure, and that's that when things are exclusive, it can really create a very dangerous, slippery slope. If someone believes that they have the truth and that they know how to be saved and they know how to be connected to God, because of our human nature, we do have a tendency then to take that and stereotype others and to make it us versus them, to... Uh, create division <laughs> instead of anything else. And history has shown us how easily this belief can spiral into marginalizing others or oppressing others, into abuse, into violence. Like we've seen that over and over and over again when somebody thinks I'm right and you're wrong and creates these kinds of divisions. But I want to be very clear with you this morning, that is not what Jesus is saying. He isn't saying that this message is for a certain group or it's for men and not women. It's for the upper class and not the lower class. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's for you know, this race of people and not for others. Or it's for, enough, it's for the people who have earned enough points that Pastor Tracy gives out that they'll somehow make it. Random, useless points that I give out. Jesus is not saying that this message is for certain people. As much as Jesus says the way and the road is narrow, he also says that absolutely everyone is invited to walk the road. Everyone is invited, literally everyone. It doesn't matter any of those other things. Everyone is invited to know him. Absolutely no exceptions. Absolutely no exceptions. There's nothing you have to do. There's nothing, no way you have to be. There's not a certain personality. There's not a certain part of the world. There's not a certain socioeconomic class. Literally everyone is invited to walk this road. Throughout history, there have been many attempts to deal with anyone claiming that there is one true religion. Um, governments have tried to outlaw religion. We've seen this many times. In the 20th century alone, we've seen, uh, we saw it in Soviet Russia, we saw it in communist China. And the hope that by, it was that out, by outlawing religion at all, that it would die out and then the state would become central and have the power. But what actually happened, as we know, uh, the church, for Christians specifically, if I'm thinking about that, the church became stronger and it grew faster. <laughs> the further underground it goes, it's unbelievable, right? And, and why is that? Why is it? It's because religion is not a temporary thing. Religion is not just a crutch that we lean on to help us get through the difficulties of life it, the, until science and technology can prop us up and give us what we actually need. That's not, religion is actually not that as much as people have tried to think of it that way. It is a permanent and central part of what it means to be human for the vast majority of the world and it's not going anywhere. So outlawing belief is never going to be a solution. Some people have tried to socially condemn religion. Maybe this is more popular in our part of the world, of course. Um, to blanket things uh, with a call to just have everyone admit that their beliefs are just one set of beliefs among many valid options. And, uh, and to, you know, see that. Well, we've seen that happen historically and, um, and socially. And, and to understand that, yeah, you know, just admit, we've all, been, we've all been conditioned into our beliefs. There's been many, many calls. That's more the space that we live in here in Canada. But the trouble with that thinking is that you can't say that um, 
no system of beliefs is right or wrong. You can't actually make that claim. I, we were talking about this a little bit earlier anyway. Without yourself making a claim that you are right about all of them. I'm right that everybody's wrong. Do you understand? Like that's kind of the thinking there. So no matter how hard we try to be objective about everybody else's beliefs, the truth is that we all make claims about truth in our own way. So whether your claim about truth is that there is no claim about truth, it's still a truth claim on its own. So another way to say it is this. There's no difference between saying Jesus is the way than to say all ways are the way or no way is the way. They're all claims about truth. Tim Keller and The Reason for God, who we're taking lots of our material from this month, says it like this. Skeptics believe that any exclusive claims to a superior knowledge of spiritual reality cannot be true. But this objection is itself a religious belief. It assumes God is unknowable, or that God is loving but not wrathful, or that God is an impersonal force rather than a person who speaks in scripture. All are unprovable faith assumptions. It's no more narrow to claim that one religion is right than to claim that, uh, claim that one way to think about all religions is right. We are all exclusive in our beliefs about religion, but in different ways. So socially condemning religion is not going to be the answer. And another thing that we've tried to do as a society with religion and to try to deal with this exclusivity issue is we tried to keep religion private. In other words, it's fine for you to believe whatever you believe, but please keep it at your own dinner table. Like, don't let it leak outside of the, the four walls of your own home. Just keep it to yourself. But of course, that only works until it doesn't. Because if you truly believe what you say that you believe, it can't stay around your dinner table. It affects Everything, your morals, your ethics, your work, your school, your marriage, the way you raise your children, your decisions, your purchases, your politics, your Facebook comments. Like literally what you believe affects every part of your life. And so you can't just keep it private. That's actually not something that works in real life. So religion can't be outlawed by government. It can't be condemned by culture or confined into the four walls of our own home. All of those things have been tried and none of them work. So what do we do? What do we do with that? So from the perspective of Christianity, which is, of course, the way that I'm appealing to you today, here's the deal and here's how we understand it. It's absolutely not about having a superior knowledge about a way of life. It's not that we, uh, as Christians, think uh, everybody else is dumb and we have figured out to you. Like, there's just no sense of that in our, there shouldn't be. If that's you, don't be, don't be like that. Here's, what's, here's, here's a more accurate picture of what it's like. It's that as a Christian, as Christians, we've explored Jesus and his teaching. And we are compelled to follow what he commanded because we believe his message. And we've experienced his forgiveness. And we're going through changes in our lives that we couldn't have brought about on our own. And so we listen to the things that he says. And because of this, we really do believe that Jesus is the way to God because we believe, we just find him so compelling that, and his message is so life transformational that we, we look at all of the things that he says and we believe what he says. And we do believe that Jesus really is the way to God because that's what he claimed. And it doesn't make us superior um, but I'll tell you what it should be doing because of this kind of faith. What it does bring about and what it should be bringing about is, in our lives is a really beautiful way of living. Because of what the Bible teaches about humankind, 
Christians have a foundation for respecting and loving all people because we believe that all people are made in the image of God. And we can see that people are capable of wisdom and they're capable of goodness because of this creation in the image of God. We believe also as Christians in universal sinfulness, meaning that none of us are good enough and we all need forgiveness. And so we understand that we'll never live up to what our beliefs call us to. We're not, we can't do it on our own. We already know that. And that's okay because we have Jesus to fill that gap for us and, and to make us right before God. And so that allows us as Christians to have so much grace for others and to find um, loads of ground for mutual respect and honor between all different kinds of people to be able to cooperate with others. No matter what anybody else believes, those things are all true coming out of scripture as well. And if you see Christians acting otherwise, what you're likely witnessing is that slippery slope I mentioned earlier. That sometimes when we, we, we know what we believe and we feel certain of our beliefs, sometimes we create an exclusivity about it that makes us feel superior. But that's not what the gospel is calling us to. Not a superiority, but in fact a humbling under the hand of God. Keller says, why would such an exclusive belief system lead to behavior that was so open to others? It was because Christians had within their belief system the strongest possible resource for practicing sacrificial service, generosity, and peacemaking. At the very heart of their view of reality was a man who died for his enemies, praying for their forgiveness. Reflection on this could only lead to a radically different way of dealing with those who are different from them. So we absolutely do claim that we do believe there is one way to God. It's, it's a, through belief and faith in Jesus. His life, his death, his res resurrection, and the life sacrificially following his commands from scripture. We also see that that absolutely doesn't make us superior as people, as human beings, but it allows us instead to be more loving and gracious and kind and joyful and generous and the things that the Holy Spirit, because of, the, uh, because of him living in us, it's what we believe, that these things can grow in our lives every day. So I've, I fully realize that this is not always how those who claim to be Christians behave. I'm sorry for that. Um, if, you're, if you're outside of faith, you don't have faith. Maybe you are, you do have faith in Christ, but you've experienced some of that. I, I know. Uh, I'm sorry for the ways that I've been a part of that. If, if that's been a part of your story, that somehow I've been part of a narrative for you or the narrative of a church that isn't reflective of the life and teaching of Jesus and the scriptures or if my life has ever made it hard for others to see Jesus, uh, I'm so sorry for that. I know I'm guilty of it. I don't even know the places I'm guilty of, but I I'm guarantee I am because I know that I'm broken and fallen. And I, I do own that. But I also know that uh, perfection is not the standard that I'm called to live up to. That was what Jesus, only Jesus could do that. That's why I need him. That's why I need him. So what Jesus is asking me to do is to be humble and to ask for forgiveness and to walk in grace and the empowering of the Spirit. And that's a really different way to live than to try to earn salvation or earn my way to heaven. So is Christianity exclusive? Yes. Jesus never claimed otherwise. He said the road to God is narrow and it has to be followed through Christ. We can't outlaw it. We can't socially condemn it. We can't privatize this belief away. That's where we are. So it's exclusive in that way, but friends, listen and really hear me. 
it is also absolutely the most inclusive also <laughs> because it's open to everyone. It's translatable across every culture, every race, gender, and all geography. There isn't a standard to live up to so that you can pay your token and make it through the gate. Jesus already did the work. He's the gate, he says. So it's, he's already done the work and there's nothing else you have to do but just believe in him. It's the most beautiful thing. And there is a life that we are called to when we decide to follow um, the way and it is truth and it is life and that's what we believe in the Christian faith. Uh, and so to, to wrap up this thinking and I hope this is helpful for you just in your own thinking but also in any conversations you might have or if you're new to faith that this might be helpful for you to understand the perspective we're coming from. Uh, the, the book Reason for God has a, a companion like small group guide that like I think I mentioned before we had, we've done as a, as a church in Connecting Point many years ago. And I went back through them and found this little snippet from, from that discussion guide that I thought was just really, it was really helpful to me and might, might be as well to you. If you're not a Christian and you're just listening to this and you're, you're kind of wrestling through these questions, I just want to invite you to hear the way that he answers this question about why is Christianity so exclusive, his wrap-up. So, uh, Vaughn, could you play that for us? I think it's time to wrap up, and I'd like to wrap up with this uh, closing observation. Actually, it's an appeal to you to be understanding of us Christians when we say Jesus is the way to God. I know that sounds pretty intolerant, but I want you to be more sympathetic, and here's why. Uh, here's a man, Jesus Christ, in the Gospels, the, the Bible. He... he um, forgives all sins. He says, all sins are against me, so I forgive you. He says he's going to come back at the end of time to judge the world. He says, before Abraham was, I am. He claims to have been eternal. So he makes all these absolutely crazy claims. And the founders of the other religions always said, I am a prophet or a sage here to point the way to God. And Jesus actually comes and says, no, 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 I'm God. I'm God, come to find you. And so Christians are actually in this position where if we believe what he said, then we have to believe it's a superior way to go. It, it, these are claims that the other religions don't make or the founders don't make. If we don't think he is who he says he is, and then we, then we say, well, then it's an inferior way, but we can't just sit there and say, this is one nice way along with the others. It's, it's impossible by the nature of the claims. And I actually, I'm not kidding when I say, please be sympathetic, because we live in a pluralistic society where, where the idea that Jesus is the way looks very intolerant. But from inside, when you actually look at him, and if you get convinced by what he said, it's a position we have to go to. We don't go there uh, because we just like to be right. We go there because we're just trying to be true to the one that, that impresses us so much as being who he said he was. It's helpful, eh? We're trying to be true to the one who impresses us so much as being who he said he was. And that's the humble place that we come from. And hopefully that helps you. Oh, look at our children have joined us. This is exciting. You know that that means there's something else fun coming up right now. We don't bring the kids in here for nothing. You know what I mean? <clears throat> So we, I hope that is helpful for you. And if you are exploring faith, I especially want to ask you to be a part of Alpha. This will take these, these concepts much deeper. Um, or if you're just, you just want some more resources, that's a great place to do it. Also, our First Steps course is a great place to do that as well. I want you to know 
that that's coming up. And there are so many ways that you can explore faith more deeply. But also, um, there's lots of resources, of course. But listen, friends, <laughs> there are also humans in this church that you are welcome to ask your questions of. If you have questions about faith at any time, just reach out to any one of us. All of our email addresses are on our website. We're on our social channels. Reach out to us. We'd love to chat with you um, and help you in any way that we can. So uh, before we, we figure out what to do with all of these socks and underwear, I want to invite you, uh, I want to invite you just to just, let's just pause and allow the spirit to just kind of settle this in our hearts. And again, just being reminded that we who follow Christ are just trying to be true to the one who impresses us so much as being who he said he was. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are present and you are speaking to us. Thank you that in this service even we, we heard a gift of the spirit for your church. We're so grateful that you are alive and active just like you said you were. And Christ, we're thankful that you are who you say that you are and that your claim in scripture and all of the things that you taught prove to be true in practice over and over in our lives every day. So I ask, Lord, that for everyone who's wondering or searching or, or just trying to figure out some of these big questions about faith, I pray that um, any part of this that would be helpful for them, anything you, you want them to know or to experience for themselves or to hear or to learn would be made available to them. I pray that you would speak to the heart of every person who's searching. I ask, Lord Jesus, that the truths uh, for us who have already decided that you are who you say that you are and want to follow you, we just consider again that the, the, the way is narrow and that we are choosing to sacrificially follow you because you are the one who has true life. You are the one with the actual truth and we see it and we choose again to continue to follow, not the, not the broad road, but the narrow way the way that you've called us to, because we know this is the place of life. We know that this is the path uh, to be uh, with you forever in eternity. So we're thankful for that, and we ask that for every question that our heart poses, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and speak to us. Bring us every resource. Bring us every voice. Now bring us the body of Christ. Bring us a, a, a friend to help us walk through and speak to us, Lord, in ways that only you can. We invite you to do that work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.